1: Hello and welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly Sex and the City podcast, where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to life and love. This week, it's just Christmas, family. Um, you are joined by Juno Dawson and Dylan B. Jones as we discuss episode four of And Just Like That, which I believe was called Some of My Best Friends.
2: Which the title... i
1: glad you know, because I didn't even <laughs> well, know. Well, the reason I... That's how prepared I the am. The
2: reason I remembered is because... So, listeners, Juno watched the episode the day before I did and was shook over Messenger. And mm. as soon as I saw the title, some of my best friends, the alarm bells started ringing. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, hang on, I know... How this sentence is going to be finished? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and before
1: we have our potted synopsis, yeah. can I just draw attention to the fact that your hardy podcasters are recording from our Christmas retreats on Christmas Eve? That's how much we care about this podcast. Yeah, that we would we would we would clear our busy Quality Street eating schedule. <laughs> To to record a podcast, I've gone back. Um, um... Where abouts are you, Dylan? Oh, so we've just established Dylan doesn't know where he yeah, is. Yeah,
2: so I'm in either Suffolk, Surrey, or Sussex, and I'm not sure which. So if anyone who's <laughs> If anyone who's less of an awful Londoner than I, am. I'm like the I'm like the Manhattan guy in season one, like of mm-hmm. Sex in the City. Like, I whenever I leave London, I'm just like, where am I?
1: Um, but it's... if if anybody sees Dylan in in a rural <laughs> environ looking confused and lost, if you could put him in a jiffy bag with a handful of Haribur <laughs> and just post him back to London, or just
2: message the podcast on Instagram and tell me where I am, and then I'll know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have you seen this man in your local christmas so that is that is a shout out to the people of Surrey, Suffolk, and Sussex, which indeed is formed of East and West Sussex, so it's quite a large county um I join you from the north. I'm in Saltaire, which is a very beautiful part of the world. If you've never been to West Yorkshire, um, I would recommend Saltaire. It's like a World Heritage sign. Mm. Um it's really nice. After this, we're gonna pop round to my mum's for some tea. Lovely. Um, lovely. And um, can I ask, can I ask a favour of our listeners? Do you mind, Dylan? No, not at all. Like, we never, we never plug things on this podcast. We've never tried to make you sign up to Patreon. <laughs> we've never, we've never asked you for anything. But um, I have a big new book out next year. It's the, my first novel for adults and it's basically Sex in the City with Witches. I mean. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> I mean. It's called Her Majesty's Royal Coven um, and it would be such a big deal to me um, to, like, break through onto the bestseller list with my first adult debut. And I wanted to give you a heads up because Waterstones are doing a limited edition signed, like, Special edition of the hardback It comes out next June or July they have, they're, We're deciding And it's going to have beautiful sprayed edges And it's really nice But there are only like 2,000 of these special editions And they will all sell out on pre-order So even if just some of you wanted to read Like a witchy novel About four single women Who also happen to be witches If you could pre-order That would be the best thing ever Because I really want to sell out these signed copies on on pre-orders. Because then Waterstones will have to take more. And that's even more exciting. So thank you. I will not plug it again until it comes out, I promise. But I thought with this being our little Christmas special, I was like, um, for Christmas, I would really appreciate it if you would pre-order my novel. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And who doesn't want to read a novel about four gals who are witches? I mean, Mm. come on.
1: It's kind of... It's my favourite book of any of the ones I've written. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's in Hebden Bridge. It's kind of like... I'm
2: I'm obsessed with Hebden Bridge. I Mm -hmm. went to Hebden Bridge with my friend Chrissy, and we went to... I think it's called The Railway, a pub there called The Railway. Yes. We walked in at 3pm on a Sunday afternoon And Crazy Frog was blasting out. And there were just loads of fabulous lesbians sitting around drinking Strongbow Dark Fruit. And I was like, this is the best place I've ever been in my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's very, very magical and very witchy as well. And very beautiful. Um, And It's it's about four women who live in Hebden Bridge who also happen to be witches. It's kind of like Sex and the City meets The Craft meets... Like the Avengers or something Ooh. because they're all very powerful. So it's kind of it's all of those things. Ooh. So yeah, thanks. Um, what I've done is I've put a pre-order link on my Instagram. So if you go to my Instagram, there is a pre-order link there. And like I've said, there are only two thousand of those special editions. So, so thanks. And that is the plug. Over. Ding. Finished. <laughs> Finished. N- never again. Yeah. Um, but thanks. <clears throat> Next week. Patreon. I don't even know what Patreon is. I just know that it's something that podcasts are always saying. Join our Patreon. Um. Anyway, um. Some of my best friends, Dylan. Do we have a potted synopsis? A Christmas potted synopsis.
2: We do. Yes. Wrapped in a wrapped in a gold bow. Wrapped in a racially sensitive bow. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> um, go on. So, go on. so, um. I mean, the most, I think the most memorable aspect of the episode is obviously Charlotte's dinner party um, or or lack thereof in the end. So Charlotte um, and LTW, Lisa Todd Wexley, who I'm glad we get to see more of, um, Mm -hmm. decide it's high time they had a dinner party. And Charlotte worries about the dinner party for reasons that we'll get to. Um, (laughs) Carrie, uh, uh, Carrie, if that's her name. Um, is if if indeed
1: that is <laughs> your real name Caroline Nijinsky. Preston
2: um Caroline <laughs> Nijinsky Preston um is um selling her, her selling her and Biggs apartment mm-hmm. um and we meet the estate is she a realtor or is she she's kind of Seema the, another new character is uh-huh. a realtor and also kind of a a mover and a, a general assistant to people who want to move house is the.
1: I've got you, I've got you covered because I watched Selling Sunset, cool, so we right. will break will break down Seema's cool. role. Okay, it's going to be fine.
2: So Seema is helping Carrie sell Carrie and Big's old apartment. Um, Miranda and Naya bond a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. Pretty much, there's not much for Che. Nothing for Che really this week. Um, no,
1: blink and you'll miss Che. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, and the kids. Oh, oh, and we find out what's happening with Willie Garson's character as well. Oh my God, we'll um, get to that in, as well. So that's the other biggie this week. But yeah, a meaty, spicy episode.
1: Okay, right. Let's break it down. First of all, what I'm going to do is I'm sheer interest. I'm doing some research as we type. Mm. I want to know what Carrie's and Big's apartment is going to be. So according to my little thing, Carrie and Big's building is on Perry Street in the West Village. Mm. So let's have a look. West Village, right move. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly
2: go wrong? Um, I'm going to guess. I am mm-hmm. going to guess. It's dollars as well. I'm going to guess t- 10 million dollars.
1: Oh, my God. There is there is a six bedroom bulletproof townhouse. How many bedrooms do we think they have?
2: I would say, I would say, t- I would say they probably have a guest room. OK. And then there's the closet. The closet is like.
1: Yeah. What What was your guess?
2: I said ten million dollars.
1: Interesting, yeah. One bedrooms start from two and a half million dollars. Hmm. So a was... six bedroom a six bedroom is a snip at fifty million.
2: Hmm. And there's a really mean... nice sort. So it's probably like six or seven million, maybe. Is yeah. West is West Village like sort of the New York equivalent to maybe Fitzrovia or something?
1: It is a bit, yeah. I think so. Manhattan is very, very tiny. I'm always surprised whenever I've made trips over at how small Manhattan is. Hmm. Um I was under the impression that Carrie's fictional apartment, the one where she's back, she's back living in her old apartment, that was on the lower east side. The upper east side is where Gossip Girl is set. The West Village, to me, has kind of like Chelsea vibes. Oh, okay. It's very twee and tree-lined. It was in the West Village where I saw the real-life Cynthia Nixon with her small child once upon a time. Um, we, me and my friend Zoe, whenever we used to go over, we always used to get bargains on the Upper West Side, which was just kind of below the Bronx. And that was supposed to be more affordable. I doubt it is now. Mm. I mean, not I mean, there was a period where Brooklyn was considered affordable and now prices there are obviously insane as well. Yeah. So yeah, she's Carrie's not gonna struggle. Shall we start with Carrie? Um, Carrie's plot line is perhaps less demented than, <laughs> than the others. Yeah, um, and there were
2: some really sad, touching moments again, I thought, when she said, oh, I need to get Big and go, we don't belong here anymore. And then there mm. was the box with Big's ashes in it. And then, of course, like, it turned into a silly moment when she put it in a Barney's bag, like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> bizarre. bizarre. Um, Do you know, I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to preempt every conversation we're about to have, <laughs> which is that, My hopes for this series are fading fast, Dylan. Mm. Do you know, I tried to be a Pollyanna about it and I thought episode three was a step in the right direction. But I am questioning. I mean, I'm at the... You know, I so hope I can come back from this point of being really miserable about the whole thing. Mm. And I'm sure there are a lot of listeners going... Why are you even watching it if you don't like it?
2: It's our job. We literally,
1: have a Sex in the City podcast. It's our job, to literally. Watch it.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm in. I'm in the darkest night of my soul at the moment, where I'm just like, I wish they hadn't bothered. Oh. Um, and I've not thought that yet. Right. This, e even during that brunch scene in episode one where they were like, "Podcast? What's a podcast?" Um. I <laughs> even then I was kind of like, "Okay, I get it. Sex position. It's fine." Whereas with this week, I was just kind of like.
2: So what was, let's go off-piste a little bit. What mm. was the catalyst for that in this episode?
1: So my malaise. And um, the fact I was
2: bored for a lot of it. Right, right. Um, that's not, that's the worst thing. Like anything, The worst, yeah. The, yeah. Anything but like, bored. Like I saw, um, mm. I saw the new Matrix this weekend mm-hmm. and wasn't sure about it. It's been extremely divisive online. Mm. But one thing I did think to myself was I wasn't bored. Um, so, you know, that's something. And it's it's
1: long as well, isn't Yeah, it's it?
2: long. Every, every new, every new release at the moment is two and a half hours, I've noticed. Every single Ridiculous. film.
1: Ridiculous. No film. No film needs to be <sighs> longer than one hour and 50 minutes. I True. truly believe that. I no would agree. No film has benefited from being that, yeah. I would agree. Um, and you need to be able to start a film at nine o'clock at night and still be in bed by 11. Yes, absolutely. I believe, yeah. That was the problem with, um... um
2: house of gucci i was bored it needed to be an I hour shorter
1: bored stiff house of gucci consider this a warning just watch the monster ball on dvd Ugh. if you need to see lady gaga that badly fuck watch fucking american horror story series five yeah watch house the of telephone gucci. music video <laughs> yes just on a loop or bad romance yeah, yeah just house of gucci is boring as fuck yeah. um so yeah sorry so episode four i was kind of bored um the the to my mind, and you know every one of our guests, Clara Stella, has noted the absence of Samantha mm. for the first time. I really, really felt it like really painfully because it feels like the funniest part of the show has gone, yes and it feels like. And I know I was critical of Kristen Davis's performance. Actually, I think she's working really hard because they're giving her all the comedy. Yeah. And so she's having to do all the sort of the frivolous, the lighter storyline. And do you know
2: what? It's such a shame because Miranda was so funny as, as well in the original mm. show. And she's really not as... Like her storylines in this one are very... Uncomfortable and serious. Weighty, and yeah. So. It's it's such a shame for her for her character in some ways. Um, yeah. Do you know what one thing, one moment, one very specific moment that I loved in this one that felt mm-hmm. like the old show was when they were at the open house, Carrie and Seema, and that guy came up to her and Carrie like <laughs> jumped, and it. Do you know what? Do you know what I mean? It felt mm-hmm. like the old Carrie. She um, should have screamed. Yeah, when she was like, oh, "Tommy, oh, Dow. exactly. I'm yes. just
1: screaming. Um, yeah, I didn't. I must admit, I didn't despise. I was, I wasn't as like cringe with the Carrie stuff. Um, the scene with her. So let's let's discuss Seema. Yes. First of all, um, I mean they've even given her a name. Sounds a bit like Samantha. Um, it, so it feels to me like Seema is designed to be filling that sort of sexually confident older woman kind of box that samantha filled so well um you know the the way she's stepping out the car and stomping out the cigarette with her platform and she's very glam and she's very good, good at her job yeah um i believe her job so i think she's a realtor so she will sell carrie's apartment and presumably also try to find Carrie a new apartment if she so chooses, but also like in Selling Sunset, like Mary always works with a manza, and a manza like stages the houses, which means you prep them for viewings, uh-huh. kind of, uh-huh. and which is why they beigeify Carrie and Biggs' place, which is quite funny because I I never looked upon Carrie and Biggs' apartment as being wild, no, wild. Quite, to me, it
2: was very like. Like quite stylish, except perhaps mm-hmm. there was some touches that weren't, like slightly naff, like the the big floral wallpaper and stuff. Um, a lot of floral wallpaper. But very yeah. sort of like, yeah, very like sort of, sort of chic urban apartment, really. Um Yeah. The line I, I gasped when she said, you know what could pull this whole, whole area into focus? A Peloton. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much are they fucking being paid by Peloton at this point? Well, I, was, I don't know if, how many episodes Peloton paid for, but I bet now everyone who works for Peloton is just sat at home going, shut up, stop, stop it, stop mentioning Peloton.
1: Because um, <laughs> I, I was on board with Seema until the, and I, did, must admit, I didn't enjoy the scene where they were talking about dating it. Yes. Because I'll tell you what feels really 2013, talking about dating apps. Yes. It's like, mm, Tinder, ooh, swipe left, lol. Yeah, and very. Max Max happened by, my husband
2: happened by on that scene. And he was like, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I know. And no one has that conversation now. Like, you, you might say to someone, if someone says that they're dating, or they're dating a guy, mm. you might be like, oh, uh, are you on the apps then? And that's as far as it goes. You wouldn't be like, oh, so are you on tinder <laughs> or like... you would assume people <laughs> yes, had met on an app are you on the app? like how what? else have people met on the app yeah. you know it would
1: be more notable for somebody to say oh my god and i didn't even meet him on an app yes, we, you know he tried to steal my bagel you know or something <laughs> yes that's kind true of it would be more notable for that so i found that a bit it was almost a bit kind of like so you have a podcast now it was almost a bit kind of yeah Ugh. and I mean maybe there was a version of that where Carrie's like you know is this my destiny you know do I need to be on the apps kind of um
2: I did think it was quite clever how um and again like quite a good way of going back to the old Carrie like how she's tactless without realizing and then Seema mm-hmm. like pulls her up on it later I quite enjoyed that scene yes and I thought they were both great in that scene where Carrie brings mm-hmm. the sushi um and Seema has broken the the photograph and they have a little kind of conflict um I really love Sarita chowdhury She's one of those people who's just really like to me anyway is just entrancing and like mm-hmm. um is a really good actor. Um she was great she in was Homeland. She's wonderful
1: in Homeland. Yeah. I was just gonna say she's wonderful in Homeland. Um yeah. and playing such a different character here, but again, such yeah. poise, a real presence. Um I can see why, given that she's the most Samantha-ish of the new characters, why they waited four weeks to bring her in, because we've done it, inevitably she's gonna be compared to Samantha. And yeah. that's not um that's not a useful thing. But did you notice on the credits that Che and Seema are included in the main cast with Cynthia Kristen and Sarah Jessica? Whereas LTW and Naya are not. They are guest yes. stars.
2: I noticed Ooh. that last week, um, but Seema wasn't... It was just Che on it last week. Yes. And I was like, yeah. that's weird. Um, we'll see. I mean, maybe we're not going to see much more of um, Nia and LTW. Because they are introducing quite a lot of... There are now a lot of new, a lot of new characters mm-hmm. now. If you count the kids as well, um, it might start to get a bit... And like, yeah, good example. Like there was nothing for Che this week. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. So, yeah, um, so, I mean, so
1: Carrie's plot this week, it, it's, again, we're still dealing with her grief. She's going to sell the house. It was nice to see the old apartment. Every time we see Carrie's apartment, I'm reminded of the horrible makeover <laughs> it got in Sex and yeah. the City 1, where she went mad and painted everything the colour of the TARDIS.
2: Yeah, it's that dark blue. Mm. Yeah, no. Um, Yeah. Um, Also, is the window. There's like a big window now in the bedroom that wasn't there before. It's real. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have known that unless we had recently been in Carrie Bradshaw's apartment. See, we were in version (laughs) one.
1: So Dylan and I took a trip back to the uh, G apartment, the, the series one through six apartment, which was... So, yeah, and we... It was so cool to be in and amongst all the little tiny details. And yes. somebody had done a really wonderful job of kind of trying to match like even yeah. the board games that Carrie had on her bookshelf and stuff. Um, So she's back. Yeah. Apparently her new, the old place doesn't have bedding. Mm. Or she couldn't be fucked to make the bed or something. Mm. Oh, Carrie. But I suppose this whole week was was the vehicle to introduce Seema into the mix and to yeah. in- introduce her in a meaningful way. But it's quite difficult when you have an evolving cast, it can be quite hard to just announce a character and say, right, here's, here's somebody new. Now you have to love them.
2: Mm.
1: And it really, I sort of hark back to the, the constant revolving doors on shows like Ali McBeal or Charlie's Angels. Yeah, Where that's a good point. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And, you know, Ali McMeal... Ali McMeal, who? <laughs> well, it's funny because none of them were eating. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes it really worked. They brought in they brought in Lucy Liu and Portia de Rossi in series Robert two, Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. But then sometimes, like, I think Lena Headey was briefly in Ali Mcbeal And Ooh. kind of, they brought in old What's-His-Chop Cyclops from X-Men and it just didn't work, kind of. Um and obviously in Charlie's Angels, they almost brought in a new Charlie's Angel every year and half the time everybody hated her, so they got rid of her and tried again the next year. And it's it's hard and it slightly feels with the three new, four new characters Um I forgot Che. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Che. Because that's what I think of the four of them, Che is the one that I feel like I know the most and I, and I've warmed to the most, I think. Yeah. I think Che is the most distinctive of the new characters. Totally, yeah. Um Um but it does feel a bit like, here they are Um Like them. <laughs> and it's kind of yeah. like I don't know but I don't know if I like them yet because I've only known them for like two weeks. Um and Because you're throwing all these new characters at us, we're spending less time with Miranda. You know, kind of like Steve wasn't even in it this week, and Mm. oh, so it's it's very, very odd. But listener, I need you to know I'm going to stick with it. Obviously, I'm not giving up (laughs) within just like that.
2: The podcast is not going to be coming out next. I'm (laughs) getting
1: we're we're done. We're finished. We're done. (laughs) Um, But I'm. I think I'm in the place. I've entered the dark place Where I was slightly with Sex and the City 2 Oh Which is Wishing it hadn't happened Interestingly Around race (laughs) Mm. Let's take a break And when we come back Let's talk about And just like that (laughs) Slightly grubby Obsession with racial politics We'll see you in a second Hello and welcome back to So I Got To Thinking. This week we're talking about and just like that episode for some of my best friends. Well, the clue was, just... was
2: right there in the title. Yeah. I was just thinking during the during the break. Um, <laughs> um, I was just thinking you was, you're so right when you say obsession and that just so hits the nail on the head because like we said in episodes one and two mm-hmm. we'd be hypocrites if we slagged it off for addressing race mm-hmm. but it's too much it's it's so over the top and like um ham-fisted and uncomfortable and yes it's yes these conversations are supposed to be uncomfortable and that's the point like i get mm. that but it's it's i don't know it's too much i think
1: it's interesting so i'm going to ask a series of questions <laughs> Are white people okay? (laughs) Number two, is America okay? (laughs) And number three, has everybody been reading a lot of the same books? Um,
2: Michelle Obama's uh, autobiography.
1: So the reason I have these two things is that this feels like it is not like, I'm thinking of some recent contemporaries. This show is not making me think in the way that, for example, Watchmen on HBR, made me confront race. It is mm-hmm. not making me think about race in the way that Handmaid's Tale has made me think about race. It has not made me think about race in the way that White Lotus even made me think about race.
2: You God, know. yeah, that's such a good example. It was like, the genius of White Lotus was giving conversations from both from, from both perspectives and leaving viewers to make up their own minds mm. about things. Um, so it could be interpreted either way. It's um, about the,
1: the lens. Who, who is telling the story and through whose eyes are we telling the story? Yeah. So we do have a more diverse writers room now. We don't have just white writers working on this TV show. But the whole story... At the moment, it's told through the lens of three white women. So this is not a story about race as much as it is a story about white women's feelings about race and particularly white Americans' feelings about race.
2: Mm. And I actually, that occurred to me while I was watching this episode Mm -hmm. and I thought, I wonder if they... And I actually wondered this from the beginning when I knew that there would be new characters. I thought, I wonder if they will do any of it from the new characters' perspectives. And they haven't. The new characters have come in and been involved in scenes. There's but been, we're yet so to th- there's see. Been,
1: I think we've had like two scenes from Nia's perspective where it's just her and her husband. There was the one where he rang her about very, IVF.
2: Yeah, but with, very brief.
1: With the exception of those snatches. We have only met LTW or Che or Seema through the eyes of, of yeah. one of the white characters. And the scenes where Naya hasn't been with Miranda, um, and that, that we've not really established an awful lot about her life. Um So so in particular we we have the big the big race story and race now has become It's become quite prominent. So, again, this is not a story about the realities of being a black woman in post-Black Lives Matter America. We don't know how LTW or Nia feel about America or Black Lives Matter. What Mm. we know is that Charla is having an existential crisis Mm. around... around... Her dinner party. Around her fucking dinner party.
2: (laughs) so the, the so the so just to remind listeners charlotte's having a dinner party and invites ltw and then freaks out because she realizes ltw and her her, her husband mm-hmm. are going to be the only black people at the dinner party and charlotte's like oh we need more black friends and like goes and knocks on her neighbor's door and stuff and it's very that um i i looked it up cuz i was interested written by kelly goff mm-hmm. who is a black writer mm. um I don't know. I mean, I'd be really interested to hear what our black listeners think of this. Um, I wasn't. I I did think I was reminded of what Clara said when we talked about um Anthony saying calling LTW the Black Charlotte. Mm-hmm. At least I do believe Charlotte would have this existential crisis. Um yeah. To be honest, like mm-hmm. that is believable. The character behaved how she I think would behave. Um, yeah. No, at and no I think... point.
1: A bit like with Miranda, and that excruciating scene in episode one, yeah. where she has her first lecture. I don't think Charlotte is meant to come off well. I don't no, think we're, yes. I don't think we're meant to watch Charlotte behave like this and think this yeah. is cute or smart or that this is something we should be doing. Like we should be kind of, we should be harassing our neighbours to attend dinner you know parties I,
2: kind of do you know what i wanted to happen and what i actually thought was going to happen that i had predicted correctly because i wanted mm. charlotte to have the dinner party invite ltw and also invite the woman from the school and then ltw mm. and the woman from the school hate each other and it's a disaster and charlotte realizes the error of her ways um but that's mm. not how it went down <laughs> and the dinner party didn't happen in the end did it
1: no, so so it's because LTW has double booked. Um, so then again, if if anybody has even less to do than Steve this season, it's poor Harry who who mm. is behaving again like someone doing Harry. <laughs> so it's almost right. like, go on, Dylan, do your best Harry impression. Yeah, um, he's yeah he despairs and is awkward. Um, and screams Zadie Smith for no reason (laughs) (laughs) at weird moments. Um, And so the, the way the story is resolved is that Charlotte, or the message that I kind of took from it, is that Charlotte's allyship of black women can be done through her expertise, which is through the work she has done with art and black artists. And the fact that she is educated. She she has, for want of a better phrase, she's done the work. She's done the homework. She uh-huh. She recognises and admires the contribution of black artists. Mm-hmm. And when she is in LTW's home, she is able to very quickly demonstrate in an organic and not racist way that she admires and celebrates the work of black artists. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know one of the one of the ways you know we can all work harder is to acknowledge the contribution of people of color culturally or scientifically or economically or um, Etc um, So that's the way that story kind of resolves So I wasn't mad at the way it resolved mm. It felt a bit like a story from the L word um, Yes It, it yeah. reminded me that Charlotte has not mentioned art For about 20 years <laughs> And that she did used to have a career pre train yeah. MacDougall She had a job And um, I would love that for Charlotte I would love to see Charlotte go back to work That would be such a mood Now that her children are kind of teenagers And um, maybe it's time for Charlotte to reconnect with something else that she is good at um and to question you know what what is her place in all this And um, but i also something else i wasn't mad at was that quite um you know sometimes you just meet people and you just know you want them to be your proper friend
2: i wrote that down as well that's really interesting like we but... started a podcast
1: to this yeah. end like when we met backstage at brighton pride in 2017 <laughs> i was like I want to be friends with Dylan B.
2: Jones. (laughs) Same. I thought I said that about Juno Dawson. And and look
1: at at us now. (laughs) So sometimes that does just happen. And I think that's really, really cute. I do wish, again, it's so fucking frustrating because just a little bit of, for example, Harry saying, Charlotte, you're being deranged. Like, Mm. um... You know why don't we it doesn't this doesn't have to be a great fucking thing? Why don't you cancel off everyone else? We'll just have a lovely couple's night, me and you, Lisa and her husband. It yeah. doesn't need to be a fucking circus um and I would have believed that from Harry as well, or yeah. even just just invite l t. w out for a cocktail with Carrie and Miranda. you know it, this doesn't need to be a big song and dance um. But that's, that's, that's now, and maybe this is, maybe, maybe the reason that we are watching this with slight, like, (laughs) what am I watching, is that we are not American. And you forget, there are big cultural differences between where we are in the UK and North America. And do you know what? I'm sure we've said things about Brexit on this podcast and our our (sighs) listeners. So it's funny. Our listeners are really evenly split. About half in the UK and half in North America. Cool. Interesting. um, Interesting. Oh, I should say, if if my American readers want to pre-order my book on balance and mobile, (laughs) that would be great as well. The Waterstones (laughs) is just for UK. Sorry. That truly is the last plug. But um, I wonder if that's what it is. And I wonder if we, obviously, we we were watching the news we saw about George Floyd we saw what was happening with Black Lives Matter but we didn't experience it in quite the same way you know we don't get me wrong we have issues with racist police and we have you know we had our own story over the summer with with the way um that people of color were being treated by the police in this country but it was a slightly different conversation I think yeah um you know if you were to, say, abolish the police in this country, I, I don't think a lot of people would really get what we mean by that, that, mm. you know, we're not talking, in we're talking about redistributing resources, kind of. Yeah. Um, so this that's just, we're having different conversations, I think. And I wonder if the conversation in America is so... Uh, vocal you know it's it's just unavoidable that maybe and just like that is one of many tv shows where we will see white north americans kind of having this reckoning and having this internal reckoning with mm. with the relationship between the black community and white people um and i wonder if we'll see that in our own way with british culture as well mm. i don't i don't know um but that's that's now two or three times where the the arrival of LTW and Naya has been like...
2: Yeah, I just, I remember, I remember wishing when I watched it, I mean, it's difficult because you can tell that they really want to address these things. And it seems like the show in some ways set out with that as its main goal. But -hmm. I would also like, in the same way that I love to see a gay character in a show just be there and exist and be a gay character. It I was kind of annoyed in some ways when LTW's character, like first we had Naya's character and then LTW's character had to be the subject of this huge awkward shitstorm as well. Like to some degree, just just like let the black characters exist and let them and live. without it being mm. a fucking thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah so i don't and, know and
1: tell their stories as well sex and the city needs to decide is that what is, is that what it's going to do or genuinely is that what and just like that is trying to do is it trying mm. to be a show about white women dealing with black lives matter like is that mm. is that the point of this series because mm. at the moment I'm not That's... sure what the point of this series is, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. the, for me, the wheels are really starting to come off. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got big dead Samantha's in London and Stanford. is now as good a time as any to talk about Stanford's gone yes. to Japan.
2: Yes, to manage a TikToker who's gone to Japan. I mean, we've finally, after three decades, found out what Stanford actually does as a job. Apparently, he's a talent manager. I don't think we ever did we ever know that. He before? managed
1: the bone. Can you remember he had he had that oh, one male true. model? Yeah. That's
2: true. That was the only glimpse we got into mm. his uh, into his career, wasn't it? And that's, but, yeah, that's I
1: problematic. Mean... That that is really problematic that Stanford was never developed in as much as they ever talked about his job. Kind yeah. of he, he really he really was just the gay best friend. Now this is this is really awful, isn't it? Because it was completely unavoidable. Mm. Um there was a piece In Variety, I believe last week, where the Willie Garson's castmates each wrote a little bit about working with Willie Garson in tribute to him, and nobody said what the writers had planned. They all acknowledged that Stamford was going to have quite a significant plot. I think that was one of the one of the evils of the past. They were going to remedy the the complete sidelining of the one gay character. They were kind of going to explore him in a more three-dimensional way. And then it was during apparently during filming for the funeral, Big's funeral, when Willie Garson told the rest of the cast um that he was very ill. So apparently initially he told Sarah Jessica and Michael Patrick King, and he said he wanted it to be a total secret. As he got sicker, um Sarah Jessica called Kristen Davis and Cynthia Nixon to let them in on what was happening and then it was only days before he left the set that he told the cast in general um, what was going on. And apparently there was to be a scene with Willie Garson and Sarah Jessica Parker and Willie was too sick to even film the farewell. Wow. And so, so when I read that last week, it dawned on me there wasn't going to be an explanation there was not there was there was nothing they could do he must have and this is so sad he must have deteriorated so fast mm. that there wasn't any way to logically factor this into the show um but what you're left with is Something that doesn't make a lick of sense, especially when you bet- think as well that no time had passed between episode three and episode four because Carrie literally wakes up in the apartment and Miranda still stinks of pot.
2: Yes, So yeah. at
1: some point in a space of days, <laughs> since we last saw Stanford having his chair bumped with this kitchen door, he's gone to Japan and divorced Anthony. Oh, and the problem, This is this is what I mean by the wheels coming off. Which is this show is fucking cursed? Yeah, just a fourth woman has accused Chris North of rape this week or sexual yeah. assault. Yeah, Kim Cattrall doesn't want anything to do with it. Willie Garson has passed away. They can't have another death in the show because it would completely fuck with the plot. With big, you know, if another character were to die, what, what, you know. What does that do to the rest of the cast? Yeah. So this this is what I mean. This show just feels like it is coming apart at the seams.
2: Um, I almost think it would have been better if, because it was so implausible and ridiculous, the Stanford explanation. Uh It might have been better, although maybe it would have been a bit disrespectful, but it might have been better to have just not said anything. And just, he's just not there. Like, we know why he's not there. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's a fan of the show knows why. Yeah. Just don't say anything. Don't say he's, don't bring TikTok into it. <laughs> oh, it
1: was so, oh! <laughs> so I I've just, I've just had another moment. I had a flashback to when I realised they'd brought TikTok into it. Um. <sighs> oh, just, yeah, you're right. Just, oh. Because you could have explained his presence away for the rest of mm. this this season. Let's say, because I'm not convinced it'll be getting a second season at this point, Um, explain it away. And then if it gets a second season, if And just like that is back next year, let's have some passage of time. And then uh, much like Samantha has gone to London, we could have had a very generic, you know, people saying to Anthony, I'm so sorry it didn't work out for you and Stanford. And and then we assume that things have deteriorated in the in the off period and that things have gotten so bad Stanford doesn't even want to be in New York anymore and he's yeah. gone to LA or London to live with Samantha. Yeah. It's, like, it's like when people leave East they all move to Manchester. How are Stanford <laughs> and Samantha? They're, they're sharing a flat on the on the King's Road, darling. Oh <laughs> Um Just yeah, with Susan Sharon. Um so, yeah. Yeah, so, i mean but when when that scene played out with with Anthony and Carrie, on one hand, I was like, Oh, this is awful because these actors are going through just the worst mm. thing imaginable, but there had to have been a better way mm That's yeah. and that that when i when I watched that again, it's do you know what it is. you know when you go see stand up comedy, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you've been to see stand up comedy. Sometimes yes. a stand you know the best thing like it's like when you're in a room with like Bianca Del Rio or somebody and you just know it's going to be fine. You feel safe. You know it's not going to go wildly racist or something. You, know, you you're in the palm of their hand and you feel looked after. Yeah. And sometimes you go to see a stand up comic at like an open mic night and within about 30 seconds you realize <gasps> This is gonna be. This isn't going well. This is like, and you just want you want to usher them away and look after them and put them in a shoebox and you want to get out of there because it feels like your spine is gonna snap because it's so not funny. Yeah, that's where I'm at with this now. I don't feel safe. I don't feel like anybody knows what they're doing. (laughs) It feels like it feels like I'm never quite sure. Is this actually just fucking gonna be racist now? Is that is that where we're going with this? It's like I I almost um... don't trust them to get this right at this point.
2: For the first time in this episode, I... So I don't... I didn't hate it quite as... I was perplexed by this one, shall we say, but didn't quite hate it quite as much as you did, I don't think. But there was a moment when I... <laughs> I was watching it on my iPad and I actually slammed the iPad down on the bed because I just couldn't physically watch it. And it was when Charlotte mistook the woman at the party for someone else. And I was like, I can't, I actually physically can't watch this. <laughs> but I, mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah. it's impressive that it evoked such a physical mm. reaction in me. I mean, but. <laughs> I think, yeah. I
1: think that's, I think, I think that's what they're doing. I think they want us yes. to confront. Our... They want us to cringe. They yes. want us to confront our feelings. We are too For sure. <laughs> Denise, you've seen Dylan and I. We are two milky-ass <laughs> white people. And maybe that's what this show is trying to do. It, it wants yes. white people to confront the our inner Karens in a way that both... You now, that's both Charlotte and Miranda have had to confront their inner Karen yeah. now. Um slightly more forgiving now, knowing that this episode was written by a black woman. Mm, Um, Because I'm sure that has happened to her a million times. Like that felt, that felt like it was coming straight from experience.
2: Um, And I was also um, interested and I was, I was quite surprised to be honest, um, pleasantly so when Clara was giving her thoughts on that awful cringe Hmm. conversation in episode one. And Clara said, that is so, accurate and that's that's something that kind of brought me around to the show a little bit more i was like oh, okay well okay then then good um but yeah oh, I, once, I, was... I once had
1: a very very similar thing i was told i was going to be meeting a prominent black trans activist and i was like oh hi it's so lovely to meet you and it was something completely different but I'd never met either of those women before in, in my, in my credit. I had been told uh, that the person was going to be there, but yeah, you're, you're right. And I did, I did have the Charlotte moment where I kind of went away and sort of self-flagellated and it's only later, what now we're about seven years on or something where I was kind of like, (sighs) oh, literally you were told that that woman was that woman. Yeah. (laughs) Not not entirely on you. And also how many times, you know, would you also mistake a white woman? You know, would Charlotte have also confused a white woman? Um, so it's kind of, but this, what what I'm less sure about is, is this what I want this my entertainment shows to be? You know, kind of, <laughs> and certainly not a sex and it's not Sex and the City. No, it's and, not. And certainly not. W- that's what's become for me abundantly clear that without Samantha, with this new. Interest around looking at sort of racial politics and gender politics because we've we've had a whole bunch of stuff with Rose Goldenblatt and with Che. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of you know, is it trying to make up for the sins of the past? Is this is this sex in the city flagellating for the fact it got it wrong in the past?
2: One thing one very key thing that it lacks at the moment that was one of the main draws of the old show is fun. Yes. It's not fun,
1: and that's what. What do you do when you when you've killed off the protagonist's husband in the first episode? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, where where's the fun going to come from? Um, <sighs> trick yeah. tricky, and the, yeah, I'm going to say it's interesting. The, the, I did. I like the chat with Miranda. We've not talked about Miranda and Nia, mm. Nia, yeah. Nia, not Nia, Nia, Nia like I, not knee like yeah. knee, Nia, and IVF chat because actually, I'm really I'm glad we've gone to that actually because. So many women have IVF. Yeah. So many people have IVF, pregnant people. But um, it's it's brutal. IVF is brutal.
2: It's interesting because we've just been talking about this quite recently Mm -hmm. in our rewatch of season four. Season four, four, yeah. And now we're back on it. Um, Yeah, I thought that was a nice... Yeah, that was a nice chat with Miranda and um, and Naya. But then
1: we've also missed... It
2: also felt like we've turned over a bunch of pages because
1: remember we didn't see Naya last week. So we've gone from that quite excruciating the white savior storyline with with yeah. Miranda whacking Chucky um, <laughs> to them having dinner. Yeah. So that felt weird as well. Why would you go out with one of your students ever?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah.
1: What's what is what is this show? What is happening?
2: Um. What also is happening with that outfit Kerry wore, with the tool and then the stripy vest? Yeah, when, the, the, when the woman top. stared
1: at her, she had that come in. Huh? The woman, <laughs> the woman in the shop gave her a dirty look. And I was like, well, I would have fucking looked as well. So, um, yeah, she she was wearing a wedding dress, I think. <laughs> Yeah, With, well, with I a thought, jumper over the top.
2: When she stepped out, I thought it was like fabric that she was carrying. And I was like, oh, she's taking it to the shop to make a dress or something. And then she just like let it float. And I was like, oh no, that's a, <laughs> that's a skirt. Mm. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, so in conclusion.
1: In conclusion, you <laughs> need to get your fucking socials up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the think um I think the actress who tells Carrie to get her um, socials up is also in Only Murders in the Building, which Max and I watched during our self-imposed mini lockdown so we could travel up north. Would totally recommend that. A way (sighs) you can talk about a podcast in a way that's not cringe, um, Uh watch Only Murders in the Building on Disney Plus instead. And it's set in Manhattan as well. So if you're looking for a super fun Manhattan-based sitcom about a podcast... Can I recommend Only Murders <laughs> in the Building, starring Steve Martin and Selena Gomez? Um, but please,
2: per- please persevere with Anne just like that, because we need um, people to listen to our podcast. <laughs>
1: I will. I mean, the thing is, it's kind of. You know how I said with like episode one and two, it was really, really lovely to have them back. Yeah, I still love how, in the words of Beyoncé, "You know you're that bitch if you cause all this conversation." We mm. still have a lot to
2: talk about. That's true, um, and do you know what? Whenever I Google it, like I googled mm. it today just to confirm Seema's name, actor name because I couldn't remember, and there were like forty articles written. To, people are still talking about it so much. Mm. Um, but so. my my
1: worry is if it doesn't, if it doesn't. Like, when, when we had Stella on last week, she she noted the plot. There was a plot, you know. It re- <laughs> it really does, in the words of Che, it needs to step its pussy up. Yeah. I was bored. And I'll say yeah. this, I've never been bored before. So
2: mm. Well... There well, you go. <laughs> well,
1: Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, no, seriously, a huge, huge thank you to all our So I Got to Thinking listeners in 2021. Yeah. Um, I will say our first, the first two episodes, that double bill we had with Clara Am for two weeks ago, was the biggest ever listenership of our podcast. Yeah. Um, we, we had the biggest ever day on the podcast, um, which is so exciting, like you were all, there were so many lovely tweets. As you think, I can't wait to hear what you've got to say about and just like that. Um, people might be less impressed with me after this episode, but actually no, I invite you in. How, no, it's how is great. everybody else getting on with it? How how is everyone else? How is everyone else getting on? It has it, it? I know. I was yeah. also
2: really. I was also really happy when you said that you hated it because because it makes it makes it more interesting like if we both just love everything all the time that doesn't make for like a constructive or entertaining like content so
1: yeah yeah However, I mean and there were I mean the you know we we previously when we go back to the original series there were some episodes that we really love and there were some episodes mm. which were a bit meh about there's there's one there's one in particular that I never particularly liked which is a season 6 episode which we will get to in due course see if you can guess which one it is um which also I,
2: um cockadoodle doo anyone <laughs> I, well exactly
1: doodle doo um so you know we we you know, we have, at times, fallen out with Sex and the City. <laughs> Maybe this was just a bad week. Maybe, Maybe it was just a bad week. We'll see. And again, we, we can't... We can't be mad at them for writing out Stanford Blatch. Well, we can, yeah. however, have queries about the way they write out Stanford Blatch. Yeah. Which I think is totally legitimate. Yeah. But yes, we will be back even though... So, we've recorded on New Year's Eve. Next week we will record on... No. Eve today is Christmas Eve and we will we will be recording on New Year's Eve next week so we will be back next week with another episode for you to enjoy as well until then enjoy the weird perineum of the year between Christmas and New Year bye bye